going on, everyone? It's your boy, Noob Dad Gamer. And first of all, I wanted to say Eid Mubarak to all my lovely brothers and sisters in the UAE and the entire world. This is episode three of my podcast, and this time I'm doing something a little different. For this episode, I'll be taking you to my very first live interview, which I recorded when I first set up Noob Dad Gamer in September last year. And that took place with William Ruffin, CEO and founder of Nerdorati. During that time, I was still in the process of trying to figure out how to set up my live stream and podcast channel. So I started by recording all my conversations with guests as live interviews on my stream channel, which I'm truly thankful for all their help and support during that kickoff phase. So over the next few weeks, I'll be uploading these conversations as podcast episodes. So stay tuned and please spread all the Eid blessings and the love by liking, sharing, commenting, and subscribing onto my podcast channel here on Spotify. And hey, listen, even if you're not a gamer, I'd love to hear from you. I want to connect with you. What topics related to gaming are you interested about? Maybe you're not interested about gaming at all, but you do have a mom gamer, a dad gamer, or a child gamer at home. What frustrates you so much about gaming? Something that you don't understand. What would you like to learn more about? I'd love to connect with you over my Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok channels. And if you're a gamer... Let's connect every Saturday night when I'm live streaming on Twitch, UAE, 10.30 p.m. UAE time. All right, now let's get down to business. So for this third episode of my podcast, William and I talked about racism in the gaming universe. I know this topic may sound a bit too extreme, but hear me out. This is not about a bunch of players screaming racist comics on gaming platforms. This is more about exploring how the entire entertainment and gaming industries are either empowering or or tackling the issues of racism, be it through characters that we know or their storylines. William is an African-American living in the UEE for, the, for more than 10 years. And he and I, we first met, I think, around 2010 or 2011. And he and I have since engaged in a number of conversations when it came to systematic racism in the world. And on this episode, we dropped the hammer down on racism in the gaming and the entertainment industries. Uh, first of all, bro, thank you so much for making it. Um, it means a lot. First guest on my on my Noob Dad Gamer stream. Um, I wouldn't have it any other way. You and I, William, we talk a lot, and I thought this was the perfect platform for us to sort of just like kick, kick things off. Um, just, you know, for everybody to know and for, for everybody to get to know who you are and understand who you are. Um, William, you're the CEO and founder of Nerdorati. And I remember you and I, we've talked a lot about Nerdorati and, and what, 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 you know, the whole concept and idea. Um, you know, can you just like give us maybe an idea of what it is? Um, well, you know, where, 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 where is it at right now? When, when are we going to see it live and all of that? Oh man, inshallah, you'll see it in 2022. And again, it's a it's a platform that uses uh, common interests, you know, to bring people together, okay. you know, uh, you know, globally, right? Okay. So, you know, the, we have, you know, especially in my travels around the world, human beings have a lot more in common um, than they do different. Mm-hmm. And so, the idea is to really highlight and promote those commonalities, right? Because a lot of the things that people use to divide us or or that may come out of other forms of media that, that could be divisive mm-hmm. or uh, influence bigotry within different groups of people. Yeah. We have a lot of that out there in the ether, uh, you know, versus, you know, a lot of what the positives are, mm-hmm. right? And so you don't, you, you really don't hear, you know, uh, you know, again, a lot of positive things. Yeah. So like, let's say, for example, like if you took a place like Afghanistan, right, you would hear 
a lot of negatives. But, you know, there's been, you know, especially amongst the women, uh, you know, you've had an Afghan female robotics team that has gotten the attention of the world, you know, yeah. their genes and, you know, what they have to offer, mm-hmm. you know, to the field of robotics. Okay. And so I, I think that, you know, especially for human beings, it's really good to build on what you have in common uh, as opposed to what divides you, because the things that divide you are probably things that are ultimately petty, you know, be it ideology or money. So what's Nerdorati going to be like? So is it, is it a, it's a website or is it a, uh, an, uh, what is it going to be like? So when... no, it's a, you know, say it's a, it's a show. It's a show. You'll, okay. Yeah. Yeah. You'll, you'll see me talking full on, man. I, like I said, I'll, I'm hosting it. So like I said, it's a show, man. And and inshallah, man, it'll be fun. You know, like right now I'm on a more even keel tone than what most people are, are used to seeing me. Right. Yeah. You know, get 10 o'clock at night. I'm fresh off of work. So, you know, it's, you know, but like I said, real, real talk, man, it'll be, it'll be something that's fun. And it's, it's really about, and like I said, it's really, really about, pulling people together okay especially the next generation of people because they're not as you know they don't appear to be as goofy right as the past generations were true true that's true well you you know what william listen um like you said this is this is the real talk right now so this is the hashtag real talk this is this is where things get serious right now and we get to talk about something the thing that we always want to talk about now listen you know what i wanted not well what, what i want a new dad gamer to be i wanted it to be a platform where people to sort of um not just necessarily watch me play video games but sort of understand a lot of aspects about video gaming be it any types of issues or any types of content that are, that are surrounds um that surrounds video gaming and I think one of the first things that I want to talk about with you, because we you and I, we had that discussion so many times and in various different contexts, not necessarily just to gaming, it could be anything in the pop culture. Now, when I said racism in the gaming universe, it doesn't necessarily mean racism from the gamers themselves, you know, gamers throwing names at each other or trolling at each other by being absolutely insensitive towards other people's ethnicities and races. But I'm talking about the video game industry itself. I'm talking about the gaming developers. You know, are they are they part of the problem? Now we know racism is something that happens everywhere on various different contexts, and we know that gaming probably has a, a you know a piece of the pie in that problem. So we, what we wanted to sort of talk together about is what do you think? Like, do you think that the gaming has a a large piece of the pie, or do you think they have a small piece of the pie? You know, what is it that we don't see that others, other people do, and they see it as a racist move from gaming developers, be it like what we've discussed before, Call of Duty, Modern Warfare, you know, you're, you're, in, you're in the middle of a, a battlefield in Iraq or in Afghanistan, and you're shooting down um, Arab terrorists over there that, you know, say the scream the word Allahu Akbar, and then you have to shoot them down, or be it like Grand Theft Auto. Uh, what do you think about that? Well, you know, that's the thing, right? Because it's, you know, it, it's a mixed bag of things, right? Because you're, you're, you're living in an age now, especially with technology and media, right? You could churn out things uh, very, very quickly, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, across all ethnic groups and all ages, there are people... <laughs> Um, there are people that enjoy these games. So even when you get to, let's say, for example, even when you get the Call of Duty, and, yeah. and it's not just gaming, right? It's not just gaming, it's pop culture in general. 
So if you want to turn back, if you want to turn back the hands of time into um, the last century, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of these types of games, before you would even get to the Middle East, they would feature characters that were either German or of Eastern European origins, like Russia, you know, et cetera, right? So, Mm -hmm. you know, so at, at that, but so, you know, coming like off of World War II, for example, mm-hmm. you would have a lot of, you know, so you would have like a lot of media where uh, a lot of villains, super villains, be it, you know, comic books, video games, etc. cetera, uh, they will be, you know, various spinoffs of Adolf Hitler or yeah, Stalin. Yeah. True. You know what I'm saying? You know, say, or, or, or Stalin, for example. And so, you know, over time, it's, it's kind of like, um, you know, it's kind of like, you know, who's the flavor of the month in terms of the bad guy uh, campaign. Yeah. Right? And so you'll see that you'll see that come out in a lot of media. So you'll have it where, OK, well, you know, the bad guys now are like Germans and Russians. And then for this particular media, you know, your bad guys may be African-American and Latino. Right. You know, or, or Italian. Right. Yeah. So when you talk about so when you talk about like things like Grand Theft Auto, right? Or yeah. stereotypically you will want to associate African Americans, Italians and, and Latinos, you know, again with crime, right? Mm-hmm. So this is supposed to be like, you know, Grand Theft Auto Los Angeles or whatever city that they're gonna or, or whatever city that they're, they're gonna use at the time. Yeah. Right? That's true. So yeah, and so what happens is is that you know these games, you know, they or 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 these types of media could carry, you know, could carry out certain types of tropes where, you know, again, the the idea of it, you know, may be to entertain, but then it could also, for some people, uh, reinforce negative ideas that they have about, uh, you know, say about certain groups of people. Yeah. So I don't think that. So for me, I don't think that it's it's this kind of. Uh, I don't think that it, it's this kind of super because i don't know enough right so i don't think that it's this kind of super super deliberate um you know like uh type of campaign i just know that again just observing the media that i grew up with right when it comes to bad guys there's so there's always a flavor of the month or a flavor of the season yeah that's true that's very true uh, man, you know, I think, but you know, let me tell you something. Check this out. This is something that I uh, I found online. So you, you know, the International Game Developers Association, so the IGDA, yeah. in 2019 they did a survey. You know, check this out. They they wanted to survey um, the ethnicities of the some of the top gaming developers worldwide. All right. So check this out. 81% identify as white Caucasian European, and 7% identify as as Hispanic. Latino and two percent identify as Black, African American, or Afro Caribbean. Now, mm-hmm. how does that? I mean, how, how does that make you feel? Like, how? Do, what, what, what kind of? I mean, when you when you read like when I read these stats, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, um, maybe because there is that uh, majority of race of of let's say white. Caucasian Europeans, you know, in control or in control of the whole gaming development process, maybe that's another reason of, you know, why there is some level of stereotypes taking place in, in the ethos or mythos of different characters in different games. What do you think about that? You know what? Uh, yeah, I mean, that could play a role in it, right? Because also, too, right, the, you know, uh, 
you know, based on the figures that you gave, that's also a heavy hand, again, as obviously stated, right, and the type of content that you're getting. So, for example, so if you were to have developers from the Middle East yeah. based upon their world, based upon their world outlook and, and their perceptions, right, you would probably have, like, a lot of games that might feel like Lord of the Rings. You, 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 you get what I'm trying to say? So it would be very different. So, for example, I could imagine from, from my time in Arabia, Right. I can imagine that if you had heavy representation uh, from Arabia, that a lot of the content that would come out would be more like RPGs. Right. Like, you know, uh, role playing games, you know, things like Zelda, Final Fantasy. Yeah. Where you're you're going through villages and you're and like I said, and you're interacting with people and you're doing all this kind of um, and you're doing all this kind of legendary stuff. Whereas, like you said, if you look at the gaming industry, for example, that where uh, where you're taking these figures from America, right? So you're gonna you're going to you're going to have a lot of content that reflects or distorts certain realities about the United States, right? You know, say so for example, about the United States of America. So like when you play, so I remember when I was a kid, and I know I'm jumping a bit, but this is to your point. When I was a kid, when we all played Metroid on Nintendo. And when you beat Metroid and when Samus Aran took that helmet off, <laughs> yeah. we found out it was a woman. Our brains went, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? And, and, you know what I'm and then you had the code, and then you got the code to play with her. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. You got the code to play with her in the uniform without the uh, robotic armor. Yeah. So, yeah. Again, so, to, like I said, to, like I said, to your very point, right? You, you may. You, you're, you're going to get, again, it's not surprising that you would get content that has certain narrow or smaller scopes or, or points of view. Because, I mean, off the top of my head, again, because I, you know, off the top of my head, I can't think of a game. Um, I can't think of games where, you know, an African-American guy is the hero of that game in terms of gaming franchises. Yeah, I was thinking about that. I was actually I was trying to research right now, trying to find out. I mean, I know that Kratos has been voiced by um, an African an African American man. Uh, I forgot the name of the uh, forgot the name of the actor. Uh, I'll get I'll pull that out right now. But um, but yeah, it's it's rare. It's rarely you would find mainstream games that are um, predominantly. I mean, right now you know with Spider Man, um, Miles Davis. Being the, I mean, that's the, Miles Morales. Miles Morales, sorry, Miles Morales, Miles Davis. I don't know why I said Miles Davis, but Miles Morales, yeah, uh, he's uh, he's now the, the main the main face of the new Spider the new Spider Man yeah, franchise. That's because of that's because of the Spider Man IP, right? Yeah, but yeah. Like like let's let's look at let's look at like all the original games that have come out, right? Be it Contra, Blaster Master, Metal Gear, Metal Gear. Like I said again. Metal Gear Solid. It's yeah. very, you know, what I'm so again, so it's very, it, it's very. I, I I'm at a loss for words <laughs> to to name heroes of a hardcore gaming franchise, right? You know that are, you know, at, at least at least from an American perspective, right? From an American perspective, that would have uh, African American men or a you know or Latino guy you know, or whatever, where that person is a character that carries that franchise. Actually, I was, you, uh, we talked, you, you and I talked about this just recently. 
So remember, remember the new game, the new uh, the new God of War game. Um, yeah. So this month, there's been a bit of heat on God of War because of their interpretation of a character. Which I, I can't say her now. I'm trying to figure out how to say her name. It's Anger Boda. Anger Boda? Yeah, Angra Boda, something. Yeah, it will be a Norse word, right? So, yeah, Angra Boda will be Loki's wife. Okay. Uh, the, the, yeah, m- mother, like I said, a, a mother of monsters. Yeah, so, so in a sense, she's like a Lilith character. Yeah. That you would get from, um, you know, so she's like a Lilith character that you would get from Legend. Okay. Uh, from the Abrahamic faith, like how some people, you know, Lilith, the first wife of Adam, uh, also referred to as the mother of monsters. Okay. So, uh, you know, so they bear, like I said, so so they bear certain, uh, you know, similarities. Okay. You know, within the, uh, you know, said so within the legends, but it, it, look, man, here's what's goofy, right? Here's what's goofy about it all. Basically, what what's happening is that in the world that we live in. Right. Especially within like, so, for example, like, you know, a lot of media comes out of the West or whatever the case might be or other places. And so, you know, people are trying to modernize their mythologies. Right. So. So, for example, like, you know, people will say, well, you know, why do we need to, you know, reboot this character or change the color, change the color of that character. And the thing about it is that that's been happening since, man, time, time immemorial. That's very true. That's very true. So, so things happen. So for example, you know, if you go to West Africa, Shango is the God of thunder, right? Uh, You know, from the Yoruba, from the Yoruba people of Nigeria. Yeah. And you have Thor, who's the God of thunder in Norse mythology. Yeah. Now, so for example, if you watch the Marvel films, you saw Shanga, That's right? Through Thor. That's so true. Thor has a hammer. Mjolnir was damaged. Well, guess what? That axe that Thor carries, uh, what uh, what is it called? Uh, it escapes me. It's axe. Stormbreaker. Oh, yeah, Stormbreaker, right? yeah. So so it's not called that in Yoruba legend, but Shango, <laughs> the Yoruba god of thunder, carries an axe. You know, so, so like I said, so again, so so the guys who are behind Marvel Comics and all of these things have stubborn study a number of mythologies. So you got to remember America in and of itself. So for these comic books, these this is our mythology. But America in and of itself is not old enough mm-hmm. in a sense to have mythology. So a lot of a, a lot of what we have in our comic books are borrowed from other cultures anyway. Right. So for yeah. like so. So, for example, when you look at the Justice League, right, look at the number seven, right? So when you go into ancient Samaria, right, to uh-huh. West culture, right, yeah. the number seven is of high significance, right? You know, it, it's, of, it's, it's of high significance, and the number seven was actually made in that culture. And then when Sargon I of Akkad went into Uruk and conquered that territory, uh-huh. which was from a different part of Iraq, uh, he introduced the seven-day week. So, right. so, so, wait. The, seven, the whole concept of seven day week was all was all introduced by him. Yeah, from Sargon the first. Yes. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. I did not know that. You know what I'm saying? So when you and so again, so when you get into that, so now you take that whole concept of seven, and that goes from the the uh, 
the seven most powerful gods of Sumerian religion, right? And then that you take that concept seven and it shows up where? In Justice League, the original seven. Okay, yeah, true, true. Right? You know what I'm saying? And then it comes up, like when you look at shows like The Boys, right? That's a spinoff of the Justice League. Yeah. The original seven. <laughs> yeah. You know, again, so on and so forth. So, I mean, if, if I could dig up a Sumerian, a Sumerian would say, hold up, your Justice League your Avengers is no more than, you know, what we have over here. So so even for Disney itself, so a lot of the, your Disney princess stuff and all of that, those are old uh, European, those are old European stories that, you know, again, that Disney took, you know, because so, so, a lot of those stories don't end as nicely as they do in Disney. Okay. Right? Okay. So they don't end as nicely as they do in Disney. And so a lot of times with fandom, right, it could be so look, it, it's split down the middle, right? Or I'm not gonna say down the middle. So you have people who simply know what they know mm-hmm. and they like what they're accustomed to. So like let's say for example, for me, I'm old school. Peter Parker is my Spider-Man. Right. Okay. Shout out to Miles Morales and and, and the people that like him, because I do like Miles. Okay. But for me, personally, especially especially now in the films, I would like to see Peter Parker completely fleshed out on film, right? Mm-hmm. Unbothered before you jumped into Miles Morales. Because from the time and era and the generation that I come, you know, me being a Gen Xer, Peter Parker speaks to me. It, like I said, it works for me. So there are going to be generations of kids like your daughter and mine who are going to grow up with Miles Morales. Right. You know, and I'm going to sit there. I'm going to sit there huffing and puffing under my breath. Right. You know, over Peter, Uncle Ben, Aunt May, et cetera. So even even um, even when I came to you, when I was here in 2011, I had came down from Afghanistan to see Green Lantern. Yeah. And uh, what the the, the disappointing Green Lantern. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, you know, it, it, it had a taste, but you know, what I'm but I remember being here in the UAE, and kids like, "Yo, isn't Green Lantern black?" Because what they grew up with Justice League and Justice League Unlimited, where they got they got to grow up seeing John Stewart, right? Justice League Unlimited dropped what 2000, 2001. Yeah. So yeah. now you're in, yeah, now you're in the 2011, ten years or better later, right? And, you know, there's this white guy that came up. And here it is. Here I am, African-American and everything else. And when I saw young kids look at Hal Jordan, who's my Green Lantern. Okay. Right? You know what I'm saying? I love Hal Jordan. John Stewart is also an older character. But Hal Jordan and Kyle Rayner are my favorite Green Lanterns. But Hal, Hal Jordan is my guy. And for me to see a bunch of young kids go, Yo, who's that? Like, I just melted. Look, yeah, I, yeah. I melted on the inside. And so what happens is in the fandom, um, sad and more often than not, right, for some strange reasons, your yahoos will get a bigger voice or a bigger platform or more focus than, than the fans, right? Yeah, yeah. So there are people out there who are bigots, right, who, you know what I'm saying, who are off the rails. Yeah. But for whatever, and it's like I said, and sad and most unfortunately, those guys will get the focus or they'll get, or somehow they get a bigger microphone than people just saying, listen, I have nothing against XYZ. It's just that 
I'm a fan of this, right? So look at Ghostbusters 2016, mm-hmm, for mm-hmm, example, mm-hmm. right? The, you, I was on Twitter. I saw, shout out to Paul Feige and those lovely ladies that was in Ghostbusters 2016. True. And when I was on Twitter and other platforms, there was a lot of bigoted comments before people even saw the film. Okay. Right? right. So there were so many people who had no desire to give that film a chance. Yeah, I remember. I remember they were, I remember there was a lot of hate. I remember there was a lot of hate about it. And um, yeah. I was really disappointed to, to, to believe that actually. And even when the movie came out, I, you know, I, I didn't get the chance to, to see it properly, but um Based on a lot of feedback that I've gotten from a lot of people, it, you know, it was it was not bad. It was good. Um, I, I wasn't expecting it to fail. To be honest, this kind of project is a kind of project you don't see happen every day. So there's always that margin for error. But you know, props to them for you know giving it a shot and putting it all together. Um, the concept, the whole concept, the whole idea is is brilliant. You know, let me tell you something. It's so funny. I was one of the people who discovered at a really late, really late stage in a really late age that, you know, uh, John Stewart existed in the, in the Green Lantern Corps. Um, the Miles Morales existed in the Spider-Verse as well. Um, and, and, and it's, I don't know, I, I don't want to say if it's disappointing that we get to see all of that now. Like, for example, in Zack Snyder's Justice League, we were supposed to see a John Stewart appear as a Green Lantern versus, you know, your typical Hal Jordan. So, you know, when you see all of these things happening now in the midst of all the current racial situations that are, t- that are taking place now, had we gone back, had we are living like the era that we are living now, similar to the era that we were living in, like, let's say 10, 15 years ago, would anybody come up to you and say, or like, would you ever come online and actually find out? Okay, yeah, they're bringing a John Stewart, you know, or they're bringing a Miles Morales. What I, what I'm trying to say there, when when they're what I'm trying to say is when they're developing a franchise or when they're developing a character or they're developing a story, um, you tend to realize that down the down the run, they realize okay, we need to be more inclusive, we need to be more diverse, so we need to start bringing in, you know, for example. The, the, the Black Superman concept. Are, you, you remember when that was announced, a lot of people was throwing a lot yeah. of hate about it and everything. And and I was, you know, I was questioning as to why they were throwing a lot of hate. But, you know, this is the time. But it should have been that time also a long time ago. You know, we should have understood more about... So what's what's his Kryptonian name? Valzod, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean it's, it's just, it's really amazing to see, like, all these things happening now, when you ask yourself, why didn't these things exist 10, 15, or 20 years ago? Well, that's what I'm trying to tell you, because it's a thing of, look, and like I said, it's a thing of modernizing, it's a thing of modernizing mythology. Now, for those of us who are like hardcore fans of the content, you know, yeah. because so you're, you're, you're split, right? So, because there are other characters, right, that existed that you can bring like i said that you could bring to the forefront and yeah. so the the question is again but you know for studios how come the investment wasn't there so for example if you you know it, you know for representation you would have like static out of dc mm-hmm. um you know you have kamala khan that's now coming yeah. to the forefront 
you know, yeah. out of, you know, again, out of Marvel. Um, you know, you have Icon in DC, yeah. Hardware. Yeah. That's also, too, in the, in the Milestone universe where Marvel actually got the extremist story from. But mm-hmm. that's a story for another day, right? And so, you know, like I said, and so, you know, that, that would be the question, right? Is that, you know, you have all these creators and all of this content out there. You know, why are you, why are you shelving the stuff that's been done? Uh-huh. Or th- that has been done before, uh-huh. and you're not necessarily bringing it out. You're not necessarily bringing it out to the forefront, right? So, if so, like you know, so like like look at Warner Brothers, right? So the Cyborg film was supposed to come out before Black Panther did. That's true, right? That's true. And, and, and look at look at look at how attached, and, and that's what I was trying to say in terms of the fandom being a mixed bag, right? Because Cyborg is an original character, right? And people love Cyborg, right? From the comics to, to Teen Titans, to Teen Titans Go, and now also, and now also with uh, Doom Patrol and Justice League. Exactly. So this character, this character has now seen the mainstream and is at the forefront. Yeah. So how many people, and, and when I got on the internet, right, how many people uh, during the Snyder Cut found themselves so many people found themselves moved to tears, you know, and, you know, that moment where, you know, you have the, the struggling single mother, you know, and he put the hundred grand in her bank account. Yeah. Know, yeah. And, and all that stuff. So again, that moved a lot of people and a lot of people are now interested in that particular, um, and that particular character. And so that's why I say that for fandom, right. It's, you know, again, it's a mixed bag, right? So, yes, you got your bigots and all those dudes that you know that that jump off the rails. Then you have then you have fans who are purists, or they have a version that they would prefer that they would prefer to see, okay. right? Okay, you said that they would prefer to see. And then you have people like you, like you said, where again, it's all it's all new to me. So like you said, Moose, as far as you were concerned, John Stewart was the Green Lantern, right? And you know, whole, you know, Hal Jordan, God Gardner, oh wow, you know, you know, what's that? And so like I said, it's it's a mixed bag and sad and most unfortunately, you yeah. know, again, you know, you for any for, for many movements, it's always your nut job somehow that like I said, that get a um you know said that get a bigger microphone, right? So, and, and like I said, and I'll finish up the point. So me being a fan of Peter Parker, right? I have yet to see Peter Parker go up against a fleshed out Venom, mm-hmm. uh, a, a fleshed out Sinister Six, yeah. right? Yeah. So you know said a fleshed out Sinister Six. So, so for me as a Peter Parker fan, it will break my heart to... To end Peter Parker's run as Spider-Man cinematically and have never seen him, you yeah. know, really, really deal with uh, the relationships that he deals with, goes up against the villains that he deals with. And then somehow, like, when I go to a Miles Morales movie, all of a sudden the Sinister Six shows up. Yeah. So so for me as a Peter Parker fan, I would feel, again, I would feel cheated and probably have something a, a kind word or two for the interwebs and said studios, yeah, right? Yeah, it's true. So, <laughs> but yeah, but and like I said, you know, so you know that that's it. But you know, again, sometimes the nut jobs they, uh, you know, they just get the they just get the bigger microphone for some reason, or you know, and, and that's what people want to report on. Because I guess 
those guys, depending on who you are, brings in clicks and views for you. So gaming is a visual media, much like television. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So they're not like I said. So they're not. So it, it, it's again, it's not mutually exclusive. So what happens is based upon what you put in the game or based mm. upon what you put on television yeah. may help shape what somebody believes reality is about certain groups of people. Right. Yeah. So, so let's say, for example, for me, I'm 44 years old and. There are people, once they find out that I'm African-American or I'm from Brooklyn, New York or whatever, they'll try to switch to a certain accent, right? They'll start using slang. I mean, Moose, you've known me now for almost 10 years. A hundred percent, true. do I use slang, right? I'm, that's, what I'm that's true, that's true. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. So, it's a, so like I said, so again, it's a thing. And, and like I said, and at the end of the day, this is how powerful you know, visual media is in terms of how it shapes, um, like I said, in terms of how it shapes people's perception and it doesn't. And and like I said, and and that's why I, I, I'm a fan of the middle East, Bollywood, Nollywood, you know, uh, Latinos, African-Americans, et cetera, of other groups of people, uh, you know, putting out media and putting out media content. One, like I said, to, to, one control a narrative, right, mm-hmm. and, and and knock down a, a lot of old stereotypes. But also, too, it allows these other people to be human. It gives you the opportunity to know other people.